Welcome to the Crown Council Mentor of the Month. I'm Steve Anderson here with Stuart Anderson. Hello, Stu. Howdy, Steve. Thanks. And our special guest today, Dr. Alex Otto or Alexandra Otto, if I'm being 100% totally proper. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, Dr. Otto uh, has kid, the Kids Tooth Team, which is a pediatric dental practice based in Austin, Texas, that we'll talk about. Uh, and as a uh, 10 under 10 recipient from the ADA, which is an annual award they give top 10 dentists that have been out of school under 10 years. Is that right, Alex, how that yes. works? Yep. Uh, which is a very prestigious honor and well-merited, especially when you understand everything that uh, Alex has done uh, to get where she is today. So Alex, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. And thanks in advance for your willingness to share your wisdom with us today. So first off, tell us about 10 Under 10 and what that's all about. Yeah, so 10 Under 10 is um, just about celebrating dentists in the profession that have, you know, given back through leadership, through, you know, just community involvement who have had, you know, some unique pathways in dentistry. Um, so I feel really, yeah, just fortunate to be among that group this year that was awarded this. And a lot of it is, you know, what we've done with Kids Tooth Team, the pediatric dental practice that my husband and I co-founded. And a lot of it was also about our Kids Tooth Team outreach, our nonprofit organization that we founded. Um, mm -hmm. So doing some, you know, unique things with combining private practice and public health mindsets um, to better serve our community. And so, um, yeah, really honored to have been selected this year. And there's some, some of my good friends are also among the 10 this year. So it was fun to be included with them. So we're going to, we're going to come back to everything that's happening currently. And let's take a step back real quick, uh, all the way to dental school. Usually most people, when I talk to them, it's, you know, I graduated from this dental school and we move on. Your story is very different. Uh, dental school for you was very, very involved. Uh, you were president of ASDA nationally. Um, everybody's, everybody's familiar with uh, the American Student Dental Association. So you were the national president of that during dental school and did a, a lot of things in your dental school involvement. So walk us through highlights of yep. dental school and you know biggest things that you did and biggest lessons learned. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I was actually the national vice president, but we had a wonder, really wonderful president that year. And um, that, yeah, one of the biggest just, yeah, achievements of my dental school, something that getting involved with ASDA really set the course of my career, um, getting to meet some leaders in the ADA, the Academy of General Dentistry, um, really just set a different path for like the dentist that I became. Um, yeah, in general, just really, I felt really lucky to go to Virginia Commonwealth University School of Dentistry. Our, our school and our clinicians and our faculty really focused on, let's make you the best clinical dentist that you can be in this short amount of time that we have you. Their goal for all of us was at the end of these four years, you should be able to go out and be a dentist and start your practice and have those clinical skills, um, which I didn't realize how important that was when I was in dental school until I got out and realized there were some schools that people really didn't feel comfortable going and being a dentist after years and a lot of my classmates started their own practice right out of dental school or just went in um, straight into private practice and so I really just like feel super grateful and, and not even really knowing you know when you're applying to dental school you know that that was something to look out for 
Um, they had great faculty. They were just really understanding and supportive of my desire to be involved in leadership in dental school, um, which some dental schools won't let their dental students run for the executive committee of ASDA because I was away like 80 days of dental school, my third and fourth year, just attending these meetings, um, participating in this process. And so for them to be, yeah, accommodating of me, like making up tests and making up practicals and all that stuff, I just, yeah, super, super grateful to them. Um, yeah, even before dental school, I went to a program that's called Summer Medical and Dental Education Program. I think it's called Summer Health Programs now um, at Columbia. And my mentor there was, he was the president of National ASDA during my, um, when I was a pre-dental there. And so even this was like second year of undergrad, he started telling me about ASDA, getting me involved as a pre-dental so that when I got to dental school, I already knew all about what ASDA was, what the ADA was. And so it felt like I really kind of had a leg up on understanding, you know, that process right when I got in. Um, So I ran for a national leadership position my first year of dental school and um, didn't get, I I ran for trustee against some like fourth year dental students. I think they thought I was crazy. I did not win that election, Um, but they did um, appoint me to a different role as just like a member at large through ASDA. And then through that process sort of built up, you know, different leadership positions. I was the national um, chair for the council on membership for ASDA. I helped start some pre-dental positions. So now pre-dental students can have national leadership positions in ASDA, which is really cool. And then became one of the national vice presidents my third and fourth year of dental school. Um, really just, they taught me so much about professionalism and ethics and dentistry, which we just don't, we don't get in dental school. You don't get some of the basics like, you know, you're supposed to respond to an email within 24 hours, or this is how you like <laughs> interact with other professionals, like literally, and I still, I, I interview so many dentists and that's something that I look out for, like, are you responding to me in a professional way or like timely? Huh. And um, Nancy Honeycutt, who's the executive director of ASDA was really the first person that was just like, these are the things that you do to act like a professional. And it's just such common sense now, but you realize like, unless someone tells you those things, you just don't, you know, you don't realize, you know, how important it is. And so just really grateful for like some of those really basic professionalism, you know, lessons that she taught us. And then just learning from the other leaders, learning from ADA um, leadership, just the the importance and the value of, you know, advocating for our profession, being involved in that process and how you get involved in that process. Um, Just so grateful. I got to learn so much of that really early on and um, get appointed to some ADA roles, like right out of dental school was just like, just amazing way to start to my career. I suspect you may have been the president of your kindergarten class. I was the 4-H president and I have no interest in like any sort of agricultural thing. I think I just wanted to be the president of something. There you go. I love it. Alex, Alex, are you self-made in dentistry or did you have a big influencer that, that brought you into dentistry? I knew no one in dentistry. Like my mom said, I loved my dentist when I was little. Like I would just come home singing about the dentist. Huh. And I still like very vividly remember being like three or four years old, then putting nitrous on me and just like telling me I was doing a really good job. And they were so proud of me. And like that memory sticks with me. Like every day at work, I'm like, these little kids, like they remember this and they know. And if you can make them feel good about being here and tell them that you're proud of them, like these are things that will last like their lifetime. And um, so not necessarily like getting into dentistry, but definitely people who affected just like my work ethic and, you know, those kind of things that helped bring me to be the professional that I am for sure. Nice. Uh, Straight out of dental school. So what was the first, first move out of dental school? What did you do first? Yeah, I... Because I was away so much with ASDA, which again, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but didn't really get the opportunity to do as many like externships or really figure out what part of dentistry I really loved. 
Um, so I decided to apply for a general practice residency. I also had no idea where I wanted to live. And so I just kind of like applied to general practice residencies all over the place. Um, I grew up going to Colorado every year with my family. And so um, applied to a couple of programs in Denver and ended up picking Denver Health Medical Center as the program that I wanted to go to and ranked number one. Um, I thought I would like working with kids. I always like I was camp counselor growing up and, you know, I always loved kids, but it's, it's definitely different, like being a kid's dentist versus like liking kids. really trained the um, you know, general practice residents and also got more exposure to like endodontics crowns. And I really just thought Denver would be a fun place to live. So yeah, ranked them number one, really happy to have gone there. Um, realized during that year that I really did like working with kids, but I, you know, at this point had been, I was so much in debt and I was just ready to start working. And so, yeah, decided to you know, work as a general dentist for a little bit in Denver after I finished my general practice residency. So fun fact, uh, which you and I have not discussed <laughs> is that one of the projects we do through the Smiles for Life Foundation is we build what are called um, child life zones in yeah. children's hospitals all over the country. Yep. And they're, they're medical, play, medical free play zones that are, are managed by child life, which is a department yep. in children's hospitals. Yeah, I'm familiar with that and one of those is at Denver Health. Oh, I love that. I didn't, I know we had child life specialists. That was the first time I was introduced to like that profession or that concept. And I always thought it was amazing, but I didn't realize there was a whole area. So yeah, we did. We did one at Denver Health. I'm trying to remember how many years ago it was that we opened that with Garth Brooks and Troy Aikman. And it may have been a year or two before you got there, but uh, that I have been in Denver Health. Yes. That's so. <laughs> yes. Very good. All right. So from then Denver Health, what came next? Yeah. So I, during that year, met my husband, Tim, and he's from Denver, has lived his whole life there. I was under the impression that we would live in Denver forever, which I was very happy with. And I um, found a, after I worked as a general dentist for a little bit, realized that that setting wasn't quite the right setting for me. Applied to some pediat a pediatric dentist office that it was a specialty owned. They only had like board certified pediatric dentists working there, but I applied anyway. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not a pediatric dentist, but I love working with kids. If you're willing to mentor me, I think I could be a great fit. Super lucky that they took me on, trained me to like, think like a pediatric dentist treatment plan, um, training and sedation. I got to do all of our full mouth rehab cases in the office, learned so much of this practice and honestly probably would have spent my whole career there if we had like stayed in Denver. But Tim got a great job opportunity um, moving up in his company. He was in, at that time in like a Fortune 500 electronics industry company and the promotion required that we moved to the Dallas area. Um, so back in 2015, we moved down to Dallas and um, yeah, for his career and I found a group practice there that was a pediatric group practice. They had, when I started five locations, I think they have like 12 now, they just sold out to a bigger company. Um, but yeah, went from in a small family owned group practice where I would see like maybe 15 or 20 kids a day into this huge pediatric group practice where I would see 60 kids a day, do two or three wow. sedations every morning. Yeah. So it's like this huge I just remember coming home and like not being able to talk to anyone for like an hour, just like needed to get my thoughts together. And, um, but really, I mean, I just, I picked up my clinical skills. So I was, got so much faster. I was able to, you know, just treat my plan quickly, have definitive thoughts on like, you know, what I was thinking when I would see someone um, really learned a lot about team leadership because I would wake up every day and go to a different office and work with these different teams. And so to kind of gauge um, a group of people that I maybe hadn't met really quickly and, and figure out how we can interact and, and work well together, um, learn some really valuable things about working like in a really fast paced group practice like that. 
Very cool. You can, so after Texas, this yes. is where we're getting we're getting to Austin, but we have to take we have to take <laughs> a little detour before yes. we get back to Austin. Yes, yes. So after I worked at this group practice for about two years, like I said, there were some really great parts of it, but there are some aspects of like the customer service or the patient experience or the working there as an associate that I just felt like, you know, there's things that I feel like we could improve or, you know, just work upon. Um, and I would come home and talk to Tim about these every day. And, you know, he's not in the dental profession. He like knows two dentists other than me before we met. And he would just, you know, he had his whole mindset of, you know, I would tell him the things that I felt like we were having problems with. He's like, well, why don't you think about it this way? Or why don't, why don't they do it this way? Or, you know, why don't, aren't dentists like, he just couldn't understand why none of us are business savvy or like customer service oriented. <laughs> and, you know, so we kept talking about like for years we would do this. And it finally got to the point where Tim was moving up in his career. It, he was leaving like 250 days a year traveling. He was a national account manager. Um, and we got to the point where, you know, we wanted to start a family and we didn't want him to be gone so much. And I was getting the point where I felt like I could do this on my own and, and be a great clinical dentist and have my own practice. Um, but I really didn't know a lot about the business part of it. And that it did intimidate me and I, I wanted it to do it well. And I just didn't feel like I could fill all those roles well. Um, so we got to the point where we're like, what if we do this together? You know, you run the whole business part of it. I'll do all the clinical, obviously dentistry. Um, and we kind of got this vision in our mind of what that would look like. And we decided that we wanted to move forward with that. But I knew that in order for us to be the best pediatric office, I obviously needed to be a pediatric specialist and get my certificate, have the ability to go to children's hospitals and like do the emo most advanced cases. Um, so after five years of working as a general dentist, I decided to apply to pediatric residencies. And same sort of thing. We like, you know, this is, you don't get this opportunity that often to like move and, and start your life over. And so we were like, where would be somewhere that would be awesome, that we would love to be. We, Tim grew up in the mountains. I love like the mountains and um, just being outdoors. So we applied all over the place. And I sort of like, as a, not a joke, but like kind of like thought about Alaska. And I was like, we'll apply to Alaska. I've heard the good things about that program. Um, <laughs> and I think it'd be like maybe cool to live there. And so I went on my interview and was just so impressed with the faculty and the program there. Um, and then just Tim and I became like obsessed with this like thought of living in Alaska too, or like how cool would that be? And um, so I ended up ranking them number one because they had a, just a great program. And I thought that, you know, we just thought it'd be so cool to live there for a couple of years. Um, so got into the Alaska program. We sold our huge Texas house, like literally sold everything we own, bought a fifth wheel and moved into this like, yeah, from we joke, we went from like 4,000 square feet to 420 square feet and like just anything that we only kept the stuff that could fit in the fifth wheel, including our two 100 pound dogs and like took two months off and we RV'd across the country from Texas to Alaska. And just like, it was the coolest trip. I just like, yeah, can't recommend that enough. If you ever get the opportunity to like take a couple months up and RV to Alaska. Um, we were like the youngest people in all the RV parks. We would like get out and like people could not believe the size of our dogs, like getting out of this like tiny RV. Um, so yeah, we moved up to Alaska. I started my pediatric residency in 2018. And so yeah, we lived in Alaska for two years. Um, Tim ended up quitting his corporate job when we were you know, decided to move to Alaska, and he basically spent those two years studying the business of dentistry. You know, where should we start this practice? How does that look like? What are the financial ramifications? Like, how do we get the financing to do this? 
Um, we looked for a long time to just like buy an existing practice because we thought that, you know, that's going to be the easiest thing to start out and just like have something that's already organized. There's nothing for sale in the areas that we were interested in. And so we decided to start the practice from scratch. And so he, like my whole last year of residency, it was kind of like, you know, we were figuring that out, going through, you know, spending months, like figuring out the name, figuring out what our core values are. What is our mission? What's our vision? How do we articulate wow. this business plan? And so, you know, by the time we were ready, we had this 30 page business plan, a 20 page marketing plan. We had all this like ready to go as soon as I was done. Um, and yeah, after picking, I think we had like 10 cities that we looked at. Tim had this like insane Excel spreadsheet of like <laughs> literally a hundred lines of like all the demographics and everything. And um, Austin, just, we loved visiting Austin when we lived in um, Dallas and we just said, we'd only been here once or twice, but we kind of just, we picked Austin and, and that area, Buda, which is where our first practice is, really kept popping up as like one of the fastest growing areas in the Austin um, area, just lots of young families and um, really a need for a pediatric dentist like me there. And so picked Buda as our primary first location, moved down here June of 2020 or July of 2020. And the practice was under construction um, when we got down here. And so then we opened uh, the first office, September of 2020 in Buda, bought a second location that was an existing practice in July of 2021. And then we're starting our third office um, this upcoming fall. Very cool. Oh I, I, yes. um, <laughs> yeah, I the whole Alaska experience, and that's where I first met yes. all of you. And to Tim's Tim's credit, that was a total shot out of the blue. He just called me one day, <laughs> and uh, just I didn't know him, and he had. Uh, uh, I guess you guys had stumbled across our stuff along the way, and he goes, "I'm Tim Otto, and I'm in Alaska, and here's what we're doing, and here's what I need to know." And then he just started firing questions at me. Yep. And um, all right. <laughs> oh yeah, he is. Uh, he's amazing. At, yeah. uh, he just gets after it, which is awesome. Yeah. So, uh, in your context today, uh, for starters, your practice, and you've alluded to this. What makes kids tooth team different? What is, I mean, where, what are the things that you planned when you're here in Dallas that you were going to do different now that you've realized in, in your practice in Austin? Right. So much about the customer service aspect is really what I wanted to change. I wanted yeah, I wanted families to come in and feel like, yeah, they were an extension of our family, that they were welcome. You know, we, every parent that walks in, they get greeted with a coffee or a water, a nice smile, smiling at them. Um, we, our waiting room is really tiny because we didn't want parents waiting an hour. And like some of these practices that I worked at, literally they'd be waiting an hour, hour and a half. Um, and that's just not the, the customer service that we wanted to provide. And, and so we were very purposeful in how we built our schedules so that people weren't waiting to see us. We're, we want to be respectful of people's time um, you know they get back all the kids have bluetooth headphones that you know they can pick whatever movie out they want to watch um, the office is really like just subdued calm colors just kids are so perceptive to their surroundings and the things around them that we were just really mindful when we were building out the physical space of like every little detail of how it would feel to a, to a family and to a child um, you know, we, we try our best entrances, you know, like the nightmare of dentistry, but we have a whole staff member dedicated to being able to provide parents with the most accurate quote and estimate. 
And that was really important to us because we've been surprised with medical bills that like no one told us about. And we just got them in the mail and like got our credit run because of, you know, and just things that we didn't want that to happen to our families. We want them to be knowledgeable about what their benefits are, what their insurance coverage is, you know, and, and no one can be perfect because insurance is just like its own thing, but we really try um, and just articulate that to parents and help them understand what their benefits are. And I just feel like taking that little bit extra time has really, you know, gone a long way for those families. Um, and yeah, just not, not, we don't quadruple book kids. We, you know, again, we're just, we stress the importance of like our families being on time. You guys have helped us a lot, like build these systems on, you know, like pull out your cell phone when we're scheduling an appointment, let's make sure that we can make these times. Um, we really try and stress, you know, like cancellations aren't okay. And, you know, just kind of building that culture in the practice. Um, but yeah, we, you know, for us, it was building our core values, I think was maybe the best thing that we did while we weren't, we didn't, before we didn't, before we opened the practice, because when we were looking for team members, um, we really looked for people who already, you know, fit in with our core values. And when something's not going as expected in the office or with a team member, being able to relate back to that and say, you know, we said, you know, cleanliness or whatever it is, is one of our core values. These are the things that we're not doing to live up to that. Um, that's like made the biggest difference as far as like how we've been different and in, in building our culture at Kids Tooth Team um, and really investing in our people. We, you know, we provide, we pay for 75% of our dental assistance, PPO health insurance. We give them 18 days paid time off. We want them to be, you know, take on as much or as little as they want to take on. So our, our team members who really want to grow and, and grow in our leadership chain, like we give them the tools that they need to do that so that, you know, our hope is obviously they stay with us throughout their careers. Um, so wanted to make it really different from the patient perspective, but also internally um, from associates that we hire to our dental assistants to like all of the team members. We wanted to build careers for people, not just have someone you know passing through at an hourly rate and go on to the next thing in a year. And we've been really lucky to retain most of my dental assistants that started with us two years ago are still on our team and are working their way up the leadership. And, um, and that makes a big difference for patients too. They want to come in and see the same people every time. They don't want this like chaos of these, all these new people all the time coming in. Um, and that was something that we weren't sure as we expanded how we replicate that and keep that in each individual office, but been really lucky to, to find some team members that have, you know, share our values and our, our vision for what Kids Who Theme is going to be to help us make that different. Man, I love, uh, Dr. Otto, I love how you started with customer service is the top, but then it's like this circle, like without your investing in your team that it just doesn't happen as just it's such a neat, there. yeah. It's, you have to, like your team is, you, you know, is that's how you invest in your team and then they invest in your patients. And like, that's, you know, it's kind of like the Disney model and there's like books, you know, but it's just, it's so true because getting them, yeah, getting them invested and, in, and, you know, feeling like they're, this is their office just as much as it's mine. Um, then it's just a natural progression that they treat your patients that way too and, and help them have a good experience because I'm only with them a little part of the time. It's all the other things. It's how they check out, how they're greeted, how my dental assistants are interacting with them that really make up the bulk of that experience. Um, and so that they're just so important and vital to, to making that happen. I, I, we would be missed though. You, you mentioned all the things, parent education, beverages, yeah. kids play area, but you left out therapy dogs. So there's dogs in your practice. Yeah, we, gosh, I wish my dogs were well behaved enough to like be the actual therapy dogs. So they're they, not your well, dogs. It, no, we're like, I'm, we've been trying to hire like an external company so that someone else can bring their well-behaved dogs. 
and do nice. like therapy dogs in our office. But yeah, that's my long-term goal. I want like one Friday a month to be the therapy dog day so that, you know, like parents are known in advance. There's going to be dogs in the office if anyone doesn't want to have, but like how fun would that be if you were a kid and this dog golden retriever came to like take you back to your chair and appointment and yeah, this is like my dream is just to have like dogs and cute kids all day long in the office. <laughs> well, there, that is a very common thing, you know, back to the yeah. children's hospital involvement. All of the children's hospitals were involved in, they all have therapy dogs. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think that the, the winter Phoenix children's Stu, I think they have what, 50 of them. Yeah. They have so many dogs I mean, yeah. not everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's we'll bring our dogs to like the marketing events and I'll post on Instagram, like come stop by and say hi. And I'll post pictures like me and the dogs and like 10 or 15 patients will show up and be like, we love you, but we came to say hi to your dogs. And yeah, talk to us about the community outreach, because I think this has been um, a very, very ambitious piece uh, nonprofit that you all have started to serve the, the greater community. So Tell us the the backstory there. This uh, just so amazing. We again, this is like maybe in my head something I thought we would do in twenty years, but Tim's like, this is happening, and we're doing them. We I'm figuring this out. Um, but yeah, basically, when we were in Alaska, we were always sort of intrigued by the idea of like a mobile outreach van. Um, during my pres or my um, residency in Alaska, I really you, know, you hear about a geographic barrier to care you don't realize like the extent of that until you move somewhere like Alaska and there's this actual true geographic barrier to care. And these kids have to get flown in on a plane to come see me at the hospital to get their dental treatment taken care of. Um, we knew we're moving to Texas where like those kind of barriers aren't, don't exist, but there's still, you know, even 30 minutes outside of our office, kids who have never been to the dentist who will come to drive an hour away to see me um, and have, you know, facial swellings, they'll have abscesses. Um, you know, so there's even in a, a city like Austin, where you think there'd be a lot of access, people are just not always, you know, getting the care that they need. Um, so anyway, we love, obviously love RVs. Tim's growing up with like rigs and RVs and everything. So the thought of like a mobile RV dental clinic was super intriguing to us. So when we were in Alaska, Tim flew down to Orlando to go to a mobile dental conference and like learn about, you know, how people start these RV clinics and what that looks like. He mentioned our interest in that to Burkhardt, the company that was helping us build out the office. And they let us know that they actually service all the mobile RVs for St. David's Foundation here in Austin. And they're like, oh, we'd love to set you up with them just so you can talk to them and like pick their brain about like what it's like to have a, you know, an operating dental RV, what that looks like. So Tim reached out to them, started talking to them, um, and one of their um, their fleet managers who manages all their RVs, Eddie, was like, you know, actually every year, a couple of years, we donate one of our vans to a nonprofit organization, and he's like, you guys should apply or like look into that, and like that was all Tim needed to like you know get everything going. Um, we flew down from Alaska to meet with the whole team, um, let them know our interest in in the van, um, get to tour like a school and a facility where they had the van. And, you know, really just get to meet their whole team, Dr. Shaley Gupta, who's um, become a mentor of mine and is just wonderful. Um, she's the, the whole dental director for the whole St. David's um, program and foundation. So long story short, we applied February of 2020 for this man. Everything got delayed and they weren't actually, they were planning to donate that year in 2020. Um, but obviously with just COVID things just, you know, everything kind of fell to the wayside for a little bit, but we were in constant communication with them, um, hoping to get this van donated to us so that we could, you know, formally start this nonprofit. 
um, December 2021. We finally got the van donated last December. During this whole time, we had been working on our nonprofit foundation, which we named Kids Tooth Team Outreach. You know, it took us about six months to just get the nonprofit designation, get all that paperwork and that process going. And finally got the van donated in December. We got it wrapped with our logo. Um, but the whole van, two operatories, fully functional, sterile unit, like literally everything that you can do pretty much in my office, you can do on this dental van, you know, aside from like general anesthesia appointments. We got a nitrous tank donated so I can actually have nitrous oxide on the van, which helps me like be able to do some of those harder procedures for kiddos that, you know, some of the other bands and, and programs just don't have the opportunity to necessarily do. So we started the nonprofit, got the van. We had our first treatment days on the van where we took it to a school actually last week. And so we went to, we picked a school in um, Dale or like Caldwell County, Texas, um, in Lockhart School District and got to see, we screened, I think 70 kids just in the schools, took some intraorals. I picked 30 of those kids who looked like they were the most in need from that screening day. And then we ended up seeing, I think 24, 25 students over two days on the van. I did one day and another dentist in town who's wonderful and volunteered her time, Dr. Strickland, um, helped me do the other day. So we had two days on the van. We did over $25,000 worth of free dental treatment. Um, we took out like eight abscess teeth, got to do a bunch of crowns and um, just got to do yeah some really incredible work. And so this is like the very first stages of it. We're so excited to see this grow. Our dream is that this is in full-time operation. Um, we want to go to schools. This summer, we're um, going to serve a, a local women and children's shelter. So seeing the children in this that are living in this shelter, um, help, you know, help them at least get their cleanings, exams, some minor treatment that they need. Um, and yeah, just a, a way for us to give back to the community that's been like just so wonderful to us. And you know, I've always had been interested in a public health outreach initiative. And so to, to see this come to life, like so early on in just this process is just incredible. And we're, yeah, we're so excited to see it grow and, and see where you know, this takes us. And one other piece of that is uh, just share real quick about the undergrads that are yes, part of yes, this whole initiative. Huge, this is really cool. Yes, I can. Yeah. So that again, pre-dental students, especially during COVID, I just feel like they haven't had the opportunity to do the shadowing, get out and meet some dentists. Um, so as soon as we knew that we had this outreach program going, we immediately reached out to the pre-dental students here in Austin at UT Austin. I had given some lectures to them just about like, you know, pediatric dentistry beforehand. So we had some connections there and we let them know, like, we want you guys to be involved in this process. Our dream would be that you guys run this whole thing. You help us staff the van. You help us, you know, there's some great programs that you introduced us to Steve in, in San Diego that already have a, a program like this set up. Um, and so get these pre-dental students some leadership experience, get them some interaction with dentists and patients. Um, and so we, I think we had over 25 pre-dental students volunteering. There's like a six to one pre-dental to like patient ratio. There's like so many of them there helping us. They were running to get the kids from the classrooms, helping us help me chart notes, um, being involved in the treatment process. And yeah, just so, yeah. And they organized all of the schedule ahead of time, got all the consent forms scanned in, super vital part of like this whole process. And so that's going to grow a ton too. And I would love this to be like a prestigious volunteer opportunity for them where they really get this, this experience being in public health, treating pediatric patients, um, getting to, you know, have a, a mentorship relationship with dentists so that they just are more knowledgeable going into dental school. So I think it's going to be a super beneficial to a street of them helping us and then them also getting some great experience too. It's wow. such a cool deal. There is no dental school in Austin. Correct. So this is the pre-dental club yes. 
yeah. at the University of Texas at Austin, which is it's like 200 of them. It's crazy. Yeah, it's There's huge. like so many. Yeah. Huge. Nice. All right. So going back, here's your, your, uh, the big question. Yes. <laughs> the big one. Think back to when you were a dental student and a young dentist. What do you wish someone would have told you? Or what would you tell, what would you tell that group now that would have been helpful if someone had shared with you? Right. I talk about this a lot, but yeah, just that it's okay to create your own path that hasn't been created yet. And I just feel like all of us, all we knew about dentistry, all I knew about dentistry was what my one dentist growing up did. I didn't, like I said, didn't have any family members in dentistry. I thought that as a dentist, you're just going to like work for someone else or maybe own your own practice and, you know, work four days a week. And I don't know, I guess golf on Wednesdays or whatever <laughs> dentist did. Um, but there was so much more that I was interested in. Like I'm interested in leadership. I'm interested in community service. There was, I wanted to do so many different things. And I just felt like I, as a dental student would have to pick one of those, either I go into public health or I go into private practice or I, you know, go into academia. And so you just knowing that I had the option when I got out to, you know, I, I teach dental students. I, you know, I get involved with the community. I'm a leader in our community. I'm a leader in, in the dental associations. Um, I can own my own practice and start a nonprofit and, you know, getting, you don't have to do all this yourself. I, I could not do all of this by any means without having the right partner and, and having Tim, my husband helping and then hiring the right team to support us. Um, so you're not going to have to take on all of this yourself, but, you know, being able to pursue your passions. Um, it's just something that I didn't realize that I would be able to do all of these things. And I, I still don't know like how we're going to be able to do all these things, but, but knowing that it's okay to figure it out and um, kind of think outside the box and, and really Tim Tom, like I would never have applied for that pediatric dentist job opportunity as a general dentist. Cause I was like, I'm a general dentist. We can't apply to a pediatric job. And Tim's like, what's the harm in you applying? Like you, the worst that they can say is no. And then they didn't say no, they hired me. And, you know, and then starting a nonprofit, I'm like, we can't start a nonprofit and run through a dental practice. And he's like, well, why not? Like, if we can't do it, then who can, you know? And so it's just like, not eliminating yourself to what you think you're capable of, like really just putting yourself out there. Um, I'm so glad that I did because, you know, and just Sometimes you're just going to have to like figure it out as you go along, which is really hard for some of us OCD type A dentist people, you know, because I wanted everything on the outreach program to be like, I wanted checklist laminated and I wanted everything like completely <laughs> organized. And Tim's like, this is never going to happen. Like, we're going to start this in two years if you make it like in your brain how this is going to be. It's like, we just got to go and figure it out. And um, I think that's just so much of life that, you know, I just, I needed someone to tell me that it's okay. You can figure it out as you go along. It doesn't all have to be perfect from the very start. Um, and I'm yeah, glad that I listened to him and that's what we've been doing. Very cool. That is incredible, Dr. Otto. Um, is there, is there anything that you would do different? Is there anything that you would reverse or, or change? No, I not like, you know, sometimes I wish I'd gone straight into pediatrics. Like, I just feel like I could have but I, if I hadn't had those five years of working as a general dentist and like trying to figure all of this out on my own and come up with my own philosophies of care and customer service and how I, you know, I just don't think I would have, I would have just done whatever my faculty said, this is how pediatric dentists do it. Instead, I came into it and already had all these thoughts and ideas of how it's been working for me and how I can make it better. Um, so, you know, I, you know, tell dental students all the time, like you don't have to go straight in, like you can go work for a little bit, figure out what you 
you love and then go back to residency. And so, you know, in some ways that could have potentially been easier, but I wouldn't have traded all these experiences I've had working at all these different places, going through a couple of residencies. Yeah. I would never have been able to do all the stuff that I'm going to do now if I hadn't had all those experiences and had to think for myself on, on all you know, like clinical and, and practice management and, um, you know, make myself pursue the things that I didn't know about so that I could learn more about them um, instead of someone just telling me what it was I was supposed to think. Nice. Very cool. Alex, thank you for uh, sharing with us a fascinating journey and a lot more to come, obviously. Um, and congratulations on <clears throat> 10 under 10. Thank you very much. And uh, there's, I'm sure there's going to be a 20 under 20 and a yeah. <laughs> 15. <laughs> and, I wish I was a 20 again. <laughs> but uh, love the philosophy and everything that you and Tim have done um, to date and your commitment to doing good and doing that while you're building your practice as well. So uh, congratulations and thank you for sharing your wisdom and your experience today for the benefit of others. Yes, thank you guys thank so you much Alex. and all of your help helping us get there too. We can tell you how much we appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for this Mentor of the Month podcast sponsored by Crown Council. This is just one tool available to the Crown Council membership that helps dental teams build a culture of success. That's our mission and purpose is to provide a place for dental teams to come together and learn the skills needed to develop your most valuable asset, the people, those people who work in your practice. As always, if you're interested in being part of this group or want more information about the tools available to the membership, go to www crowncouncil.com or call us 1-800-276-9658.